Welcome to the Yup, She Said It podcast, where inspiration triggers motivation and where every journey is valued. My hope is that you learn from me and other guest speakers that I have on this platform through our different levels and different journeys through life involving athletics, corporate America, social spaces, relationships, whatever our journeys can be. Because see, what happens is often life and God will humble you, but we don't want you to go through the challenges that we went through. So be inspired by everything that we share. And hopefully by the end of this episode, you walk away saying, yep, she said it. All right, guys, before we get too far into the episode, I want to give a shout out to our latest sponsor, Birkenkiller. Birkenkiller is a company that sells all new men and women's bags and accessories, and their top three selling brands are Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Hermes. Again, all brand new. If you go to their Instagram page and their story, they often have different things that tell you real versus fake. And we'll let you know how to make sure that the product that you're purchasing, whether it's with them or someone else, is legit. And y'all know that I believe in the importance of self-care internally, emotionally, mentally, and physically. But let's be real. Sometimes you want to look good on the outside and sometimes that may be rocking a label. Either you know it or everybody else knows it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Just make sure that your coins allow it and you are not living outside of your means because that's not what I'm here for you to do. But if your coins allow it, honey, get you a little something, something that's cute and rock it. Be happy, do you. All of their information will be in the episode description. Thank you again, Birkin Killer. Hey guys, it's your girl Marley, and I want to thank you for tuning in to another week of Yep, She Said It. If I sound like I'm talking a little low and you hear a lot of noise in the background, it's because I am coming to you live, live, live from the airport. (laughs) Gotta get things done. I'm always on the go, and you know, I just said my episodes need to be consistent and they need to drop on time. So I decided to sit here and record in the airport. I've searched high and low to make it happen. And I was like, you know what, whatever, I'm just going to sit here and give you guys everything that I can. So you're going to hear the occasional announcement and everything you can imagine that comes with the atmosphere of being in an airport. Um, But if this is your first time tuning in, I usually open every episode with Marley's message. And that's why I provide some type of inspiration. And that is definitely what I'm coming to you today. And I think with you just seeing and hearing the passion and dedication I had to get this episode to you all, because lately what's been happening, I've been on the road, I've been traveling, I've been starting episodes, not having time to complete them. And then the episodes are dropping late. So with this motivation, I wanted to really emphasize the importance of dedication, the importance of transparency, and the importance of being authentic. And this message is called Be Authentic. Um, A lot of times I think people see that when you are exploring your journey and your vision and your passion, that it seems that it's so far ahead of other people and that you're doing some something that's so phenomenal that's not tangible for others and the reality of it is is I am just like everybody else and we are all in here trying to grind trying to make it happen trying to um, find our place in the world in order to shed light on others and it's just the difference is I want it and the question is how bad do you want it and so as I'm 
you know, talking to people and meeting people and responding to emails, people are like, wow, I can't believe you've been doing this and you're traveling this week and I follow you on Instagram. And my thing is, yeah, but who's who's any different than me? You may not be on a plane traveling somewhere, but you have daily responsibilities that you have to prioritize, prioritize and make time. And if you don't feel that you have the ability to make time for certain things that you love, then my question for you is, do you really love what you do or do you really have you really discovered your passion and so for me I absolutely love doing a podcast I absolutely love building a brand and trying to expand and and really inspire others is it easy not at all um but is it worth the fight is it worth the sleepless nights absolutely and the understanding that I said all the time not everyone's gonna understand your vision because God gave you the vision not other people so it's, it's really understanding that being authentic is the most power, powerful thing that you can do. And in this episode, I have a guest speaker and it really speaks to light, speaks light to her journey that she was able to flip some pain that happened to family members and find her passion and be, and through that she's able to be authentic because her passion and her connection to her, to her drive and to her motivation is authentic to her. So I say that you have to find a place in the world that is authentic to you. You have to find and find and keep relationships that are authentic to you. You have to consistently walk in your step that is motivating, that is worth your loyalty and the sacrifice that you have to make in order to make it happen. And recognizing that you do things in the hope of inspiring and changing lives. You don't do it for the accolades. You don't do it for the recognition. You do it to make it happen. And what you'll find is a lot of people are want to go on the ride and want to know this and want to know that and, and be in the loop of everything, but not understanding that when God has just placed something on your heart and you have the relationship between you and God, there is not a lot of outside communication, a lot of outside talk that will take place unless God tells you to do so. The journey to success is one that is guided. The journey to success is not one that's alone, but it can feel lonely. So you have to understand and decipher what the challenges are and what works for you in order to make it happen. But I want you to take away from this message with being authentic. What does that mean to you? Take some time this week and write down being authentic means and just let it flow. Let it be organic. And then maybe challenge yourself to do that every day this week, you know, to come. Sorry, lady was really loud in the background. But take some time this week to write to yourself, even if you don't journal. I just challenge you every day this week, anytime you're there, set a dedicated time. Being authentic means what does it mean to you? Because I guarantee you as you write that and then you reflect on it. So write and then when you reflect on it at the end of the week. I promise you some questions are going to be answered some things are going to start to flourish maybe some new seeds will be planted for you about you in you because the time is now guys it is now december 1st we are cranking down to 2020 a lot of people are, are, have not made it and will not make it to 2020 and i don't even know if i'm going to make it to 2020. i pray to god that i do because i know there's a lot that i have to accomplish and i know there's a lot that you have to accomplish so the time is now you got 29 no you got 30 days 30 days to get everything out because you're planning for 2020 but the reality of it is is you got to prep for 2019 and these last few days every day is preparation every day is planning every day is strategic and every day you have to be authentic to yourself in order to get to the next step in your life
be authentic. guys i hope one that you were able to embrace the message despite all the noise in the background two um i really want you guys to do this i really want you to talk about being authentic and write it to yourselves and i want to hear from you guys shoot me an email hit me up on instagram or twitter and let me know that you're doing it in your response and i just might share the next episode so i'm just i don't know that's something that just has been on my heart authentic 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 but with that said we're going to jump right into our next segment which is called Who Got Next. And if you don't know, Who Got Next is typically a segment where I highlight someone that I feel can bring some inspiration and that is making some major contributions in the world, in their field, whether it's athletics or not athletics, or just something that I feel can be, that is relatable and transferable to so many people. And this young lady I feel is incredible. And we actually connected through social media. And that's, I go to say is you never know who's watching you for the good, because there are some weirdos out there, but you never know who's watching you. And I've been watching her post, her self-care, her, she just, and you can just see that she just has a good spirit about her and that she's passionate about what she's talking about. But without further delay, let me jump right into her bio and immediately we will jump into her interview. And of course, we have a young child crying in the background, but it's okay. All right, so her name is Dominique Williams. Dominique Williams is from a small city in South Florida and she is currently a bachelor's level social worker. So you're in the field that's known as a BSW. And she explains that she had her first encounter with a social worker when she was eight years old. Her grandmother decided to adopt two of her siblings, and her siblings used to share horror stories of things that they experienced while in foster care. At that age, she states that she knew that she wanted to make a difference in the foster care system. She says that her talent has always been advocating for others who cannot advocate for themselves, especially young children. She shares that in her career that she has interned at youth shelters and in that department She provided case management service for truant students in Miami-Dade County. If you're not sure what truant um, truant students are, those truancy, um, those are usually kids that are not um, compliant, are are getting to school how they should, um, whether it's something regarding the parents or the child's behavior itself. It's just kids that are not consistently um, attending school. I actually used to work with truant youth as well. Um, but she said that she works with this worked with this population in Miami-Dade. She also says she used her role to educate parents and children on the importance of attending school. And she would learn, and she would learn that child truancy was only a symptom of the crisis the family was facing. Therefore, I would connect with the family. Therefore, she would connect, excuse me, therefore she would connect with the family and with local community resources to ensure that some of the basic needs were met to help the children or the child to accomplish educational success. She further states that she um, is currently a child welfare dependency case manager and she utilizes her role not only to provide safe homes for children, but also to provide parents with the support and motivation. Uh, she also explains that most families that enter in the foster care system have a negative connotation of what we of what we do as in case managers. She states that she uses her role to demonstrate to families on the truth and the positive of, of the mission of child welfare social workers. She says that she recently started her page on Instagram, which is at Miami Social Worker, to educate others on the field of social work, provide self-care tips, share community resources to really empower as many people as possible. She also states that she starts her MSW journey in January to pursue her dream of becoming a licensed, licensed social worker 
in the state of Florida. We want to give a shout out to Dominique and note without further delay, we're going to jump right into the interview. All right, guys. Now, after that amazing bio, I'm sure like you and like myself that you want to hear more about Dominique, who is a social worker, as I've mentioned before, here in Miami. So thank you, Dominique, for joining us. Thank you for having me. No problem. No problem, guys. Listen, social media is pretty cool. I um, follow Dominique and I'm like, you know, she's very consistent. She has her content. She's encouraging us as social workers, as women, as people of color to really make sure that we're taking care of ourselves. So I reached out to her to say, I want to know more about you because whenever I see a fellow social worker um, that is passionate about something, I think it's really important that we share the platform and help each other. So with that said, why did you get into the field of social work? Because I feel that you have to be passionate about that. So tell me why, um, what brought you into the field of social work? What brought me to the field of social work is I think it's like a lot of social worker is personal reasons. It, growing up, my siblings was adopted. It was my biological siblings, but my grandmother adopted them. Okay. And the social worker on the case, he was actually a male black social worker. Hmm. was amazing. And I thought it was just fascinating how he handled the case with me being so young. And I was like, hey, when I get older, I want to do this, especially after hearing some of the stories um, my brothers endured while they was in foster care. Mm-hmm. I was like, this isn't right. Something has to be done because, you know, they're supposed to go in foster care, supposed to be treated well. And that wasn't the case. So I think I was like in elementary school and I was like, when I get older, I want to be a social worker. So that what brought me over here. That's incredible. You know, we often hear the power of representation, but sometimes I feel that we don't really understand the significance of it unless it actually happens to us or we happen to encounter that one person that makes a difference in our lives. Um, recently, my mother was here. My mother has an afro. And we were walking um, in a little plaza in the area. And long story short, we encountered a, a biracial little girl. She was probably six or seven. And from literally across like the plaza, she yelled, um, her mother is, um, well, her mother's white. And she screamed across the plaza, look mom, she has hair like me. And it was like, oh my, like it was amazing, but it was also kind of heartbreaking because it let me see that that wasn't the norm for her. So that impression that, and my mom talked to her, of course, told her she was beautiful and her, you know, she has a pretty smile. It wasn't just about hair and all this stuff. It was really cute. But it's like that is going to probably be an imprint in that young girl's life. <coughs> Excuse me, just like the social worker that you met um, really changed your view and probably ignited a passion that maybe was already there but kind of open the door because I think with being a social worker, I don't know if you can teach people the passion that we have. What do you think about that? Do you think that the passion that you have could be taught if your brothers hadn't gone through what you what they had went through? No, I don't think it can be taught. I think it's something that's ingrained in you since you're young. I think I think a lot of people, a lot of social workers, when someone asks them, what is your passion? They're like, oh, I just want to help people. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've heard that many times. And that's something that's ingrained in you. I don't think 
some people can learn it, but I don't think some, it's something that can really be learned, especially like from a younger age all the way into an adult. Right. Um, so I think that's one thing that all social workers have in common is just helping and wanting to advocate for other people. Right, right. It's like we, you know, I always say we have the ability and we have to be able to read in between the lines, right? We have to read the fine print um, and identify where those gaps are. So where people exist, but maybe their voices aren't heard. And it's cliche, but it's true. And, you know, with being so young and you going through that, you recognize something very early on. And my curiosity is with the social, with you being um, Black, with the social worker being a Black male, has that influenced you on maybe specific populations that you work with or that you're interested with? Or some people have a passion, like I have a passion for working um, and researching black female collegiate athletes. Um, did having a black male social worker influence your decision on different demographics? I wouldn't say it was that social worker per se that influenced my decision um, to work with a certain demographic. I'm no stranger to say that I love working with black people. Uh-huh, that is uh-huh. my that is where my passion comes from. Working with black people, working in their in black communities, right. because I'm black and I wish someone like me was in my community. Hello, in my right. family. So um, I don't think he influenced it. It wasn't until later when I was learning about the social work field in college and meeting other social workers that I was like, wow there's not really much male social workers, right? Uh, let alone black male social workers. So I was very fortunate as a young age to be able to experience working with a black male social worker. And honestly, what um, influenced my passion for working with black communities is me being part of the black community, uh-huh. but also seeing the injustice um, that goes on into the black community and also growing up with the culture norms that need to be broken. Mm, um, such as, elaborate, elaborate, give me more on that. <laughs> <laughs> one, of, one of the big ones for me is parenting. You know, um, I'm very like, cause, I, let me see how to put this, because black people and white people, they kind of parent a little bit differently. And I think um, black people sometimes look down on the way black people parent, um, the way um, white people parent their okay. children. Um, and, and fail to realize that sometimes the way their parent causes the child to have trauma, black kids to grow up with trauma because they're so strict and they're doing X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. you know, you can't do this. They're talking to the kids in a certain way. And I feel like it's not healthy as a child. You right. don't want a child at a young age, you know, being called out of their name. Right. You don't want right. a child at a young age, you know, getting whoopings in the grocery store and Uh, whoopings at school, you know, of course we want to teach them discipline and right right from wrong, but there's other ways to do it without embarrassing them. uh You know, because I think one of the big difference is black parents sometimes fail to realize that their children are children and that mm. they're human as well. Snap on that. You get some snaps, friend. Yes. And that they're, um, they have emotions as well and they're young so their emotions is sometimes heightened and they don't know uh-huh. how to express those emotions because they don't know what those emotions mean um right. and they don't know how to feel it so sometimes they come out in a negative way if like acting out 
you uh-huh, know uh-huh. sometimes it's not even acting out it can be sad you know sometimes kids get depressed and black parents overlook that you know like right. why are you so quiet like why are you being shy get out of that corner like forcing them to mingle when that's right you know? <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I think sometimes black parents don't get the time to get to know their child wow that's powerful I think you need to put that on a t-shirt that whole last paragraph you said as far as black parents don't get to know their, what you say, a child is a child? They don't realize the child is a child? Yeah, a child is a child, and they're, they're a human. So, yes. like, especially with teenagers and stuff, when they go through heartbreaks and all this type of stuff, for them, that is the stress of their life. You know, they mm-hmm. don't know what it's like to pay bills and all that yet. So, they, they're not going to compare it to that level. They're not going to say, right. okay, this is just a little heartbreak. I'm right. going to be okay you know for them the end of the world and as of right now you know i do work with the foster foster kids um with child welfare and some people fail to realize is that kids are being placed um out of their home away from their families and we say i'm pretty sure they're sad and this is having an impact on them but do you really know right impactful this is for them because when they come back home from probably a visitation with their parents or a relative, they may act out a little bit. Uh-huh. But the caregiver may take it as they told them something, you know? Uh, yeah. The case, you know? So, For sure. Wow, you really dropped some gems, let me tell you. No, but it, it's so true. And at the end of the day, it's projecting the trauma. But when it's generational and there's been no intervention to really sit down and say, hey, this has been a process, but just because it's been continuous doesn't mean that it's right. It doesn't mean that we can't still have success and have great outcomes if changes are made. I think so often as a community, we get caught up in change out of fear you know, of just the fear of the unknown, what's different, this is what my mom did, my mom's mom and everyone else. And so when you're looking for guidance and assistance and things to to do and how to grow, but when you're going to people that only have that experience in in a certain area, um, you, you don't get far, you know? So it goes really to breaking down the stigma, the education. And I think there's enough research that says that we do well when we work with each other. We want to feel that someone understands us. Um, I know a lot of individuals that they look for a therapist that look like them. Um, you know, but sometimes you can have a, you can have a therapist from the opposite race or gender, but unfortunately, if they do not have the proper training, there can be unintentional um, inflections that are projected onto you that make potentially your situation worse. That turns you off from any therapist or working from anyone in the future. So it's a lot that goes into it. So I think with you just being aware, having your passion, finding your space um, contributes to the society, contributes to the Black community, contributes to social work, um, and just society as a whole. And I think that's huge. Um, Parenting is really big. So I commend you on focusing on that. Um, Even within my um, doctoral program, I have a classmate that was actually doing research on transgenerational trauma so we might have to talk a little bit to the side honey and give you a little more information because what you're saying is really what she's looking at and she's particularly particularly focusing on women 
Um, and I don't want to say too much because obviously it's that her research and her dissertation, but that's what she's looking at. And you see those patterns. And I mean, a lot of us can look within our own families um, and see how that impacts us. So it's like, how do we get in? How do we bring in? Um, how do we show that the behaviors that we have utilized are destructive, right? And how that is destroying families and, and contributing to or limiting the access and their ability to succeed. And so it's like, I don't know. It's very interesting how you have to navigate, you know, into it and show that I'm not saying that you're a bad person. That's because a lot of people are going to take it uh, as a impact, right? But if that's how you've been taught, that's how you've been learned, I'm just asking you to open up a little bit and see what we can do because I went to school with young girls who were get in trouble and their mom would come and give them a whooping in school. In high school, I knew a girl who would get beat all the time in high school. And I'm like, as a kid, it's like, you know, that's super embarrassing, super shameful. The self-esteem, and she had extremely low self-esteem already. And then you can see her behavior start to change where it was acting out, right? Because she would come to school dressed one way from home, fit in with the kids, change clothes, and then go back home. So you already could see that change of what was going on with her. So again, um, I got a little long-winded, but I think it's huge for that parenting component um, that you're focusing on. And I guess with that said, if that's your passion, where did, where's your career? Like, what's the next step? Tell us what, what you're doing. I know you recently graduated with your bachelor's in social work. Yes. Hey. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. So, the next step is in January. I will finally start my MSW program. Awesome. Um, to advance standing at FIU. Okay. Because my ultimate goal is to become a licensed clinical social worker. I'm still undecided on what niche I want to work with. Mm -hmm. I do know it has to be in the black population. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was leaning a little bit towards, you know, um, community social work. Uh -huh. um, I feel like, I like community social work, but I feel like to raise up the community, you have to raise up the individuals. Uh -huh. um, yes, <laughs> she is coming with it. <laughs> So I'm still I'm still trying to find my niche within the black community. Right, right. Take your time. Like I said, it'll come to you as you know, you can see just through your life's journey that it appears that what is meant for you has just kind of fallen in place. Um, and it, it's happened. I mean, I believe that God has his hand in everything. So it's just guiding you and positioning you and you just keep doing the work. So your passion and your focus, it'll fall into you, whether it's something that you happen to stumble across in reading or you find um, another person that's doing something that's similar to you. And you're like, oh, that's what I kind of want to do. And you put your twist on it or you find someone that's doing something and you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Like nothing we do in social work is new, nothing. Yeah. Um, we just find a different way to do it or we add on to something that's already existing. That's why we have so many theories <laughs> and models that have been developed, um, you know, per population and, and all of that and gender and age and, and it just goes on and on. So it'll come to you, but I'm really excited to see your growth and, and what you're able to accomplish and come into. You obviously are very confident. You are consistent. I can just tell from social media um, that you are consistent, obviously, with talking with you um and taking something 
um, that was could be very heavy and a lot of people could not get through. And you took that and flipped it and used that to really motivate and elevate you and uplift others. And I commend you greatly for that. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're very welcome. All right, guys. So that's going to wrap up this interview but make sure you check out the yep she said it podcast after show that will be available on youtube i will include all of dominique's contact information in the description of this episode and it will also be on youtube so thanks dominique thank you for having me no problem guys. So I really hope that you really enjoyed the interview with Dominique because I enjoyed um, talking with her and connecting with her a little more. And if you haven't heard, I have a Yep, She Said It podcast after show that you can now find on YouTube. So you can actually find part two of our interview on YouTube and I will have all the information in the description of this episode. And I'll actually post the link so that you will be able to go post it. The after show will be live at 5 p.m. Eastern time, Eastern time on December 1st. Um, so yes, so I'm super excited for that. But in this segment, it's called You Tried It. And the You Tried It segment is pretty much what it is. That something was out of pocket, something was doing too much, and something thought they had me, but they really had me messed up, honey. So with that said, I'm just going to say life has tried it because, one, I'm sitting in the airport recording an episode, and I guess life thought I wasn't going to get it done because my flight was delayed. The airline messed up my flight, meaning I was on United. They moved me to American. I get to American went to three different kiosk stations. Nobody wanted to help me. Oh, you have to go here, you have to go there. And if I could have gotten out of character, she could have said, you know, you know, losing, losing her religion in this, in this piece. But I said, you know what, Lord? It's not worth it. I'm going to get home. It's not even worth it. I go to customer service. I get a customer service desk. It's like, oh, well, they made a reservation, but they didn't book and they didn't pay. So you got to pay. I was like, whoop, whoop, whoop. She's not paying for a flight. It was already emailed. This is this. I never got rude, stay polite, and prayed in my head, and it all worked out. Meanwhile, I'm over here recording an episode, and all of these, um, all these chairs in this section, and all these chairs in this section, and the person sat right next to me in a different language, um, <laughs> and have a conversation, but I think it's over now. So I say I have to say is you're gonna hear a lot, but I'm dedicated to get it done. And again, it goes back to the original message of being authentic to yourself and just getting the grind done because the way this is going, I wasn't gonna make it today and this episode was not gonna drop on time, honey, but it is. But also I want to say the continuation of how life has tried it is that maybe a week ago, I went to um, Fantasia's concert in West Palm Beach, Florida. No, I lied. Not in West Palm Beach, in Hollywood, Florida, and had the time of my life. Um, I thought if I should share or not share, but I will share. I went by myself to this concert and had the most fun I think I've ever had at the concert. And I've been to quite a few concerts at this point in my life. And it was just incredible. It was a little weird at the beginning because it's like, are people going to be looking at me weird and singing songs and all this kind of stuff? And then I started to notice how many people were coming to this concert by themselves. Granted, I had really good seats. I was only three rows from the front so I could see everything. Um, the show opened with someone named Bonfire and then Tank. Tank brought out Jamie Foxx and then Fantasia came out and did her thing. And it was so interesting that Fantasia's show 
I felt was truly a testimony and and speaking to me and where I'm at. And there was like, the crowd was kind of dry, not really wanting to get hype. And she was saying like, y'all acting like y'all, y'all acting like y'all are too cute. Like you can't get up. Like you worried about what people are gonna say. And so one lady in the crowd, she looked at her and she said, are you concerned with how, uh, do you not want to get up? You think they're gonna talk about you? And it was a um, lady that is, Anglo-Saxon, I want to be appropriate since I'm in the airport and everybody thinking I'm talking about anything crazy in here, honey. Um, and so she, um, and so I'm assuming the lady nodded yes. Um, and she said, well, honey, they gonna talk about you anyway, so get up and enjoy yourself. She's like, take your shoes, I'll do what you gotta do. She's like, my shoes are off. So I just thought it was so funny. It's like people were willing to be subtle and be relaxed and do what they thought would make other people comfortable. And in the and in that, they were sacrificing the actual enjoyment for themselves. And I'm like, that's how we live life. And so when she said that, I was like, you know what? Y'all tried it. Like, I, I really tried it by one, almost not coming because I didn't, you know, you just kind of get these vibes where you just kind of want to experience life and do things yourself. And so I felt like, hmm, this is not going to work out very well. And I went there and I did my own thing. And I said, you know what, God, I appreciate you. And Fantasia had testimonies and she's saying, Donnie McClurk, let's stand. And she talked about like conversation with her and her grandmother. And when I could tell you, I literally felt as if she was talking to me. And I've just felt in my heart, I'm like, man, life has really tried it. People have really tried it. And I have allowed them to try it. But it's not going to happen no more. Whatever I want to do, I'm going to do what I want to do, how I want to do it. Because, because a lot of times you want to do things, but you have to alter and adjust things in order to accommodate those that are coming along on the ride. But sometimes when God has a journey for you, ain't no room for nobody else. You just got to do what you got to do when and how he says, get it done. You know what I'm saying? So it was just like my you tried it was life. Life tried it. This airport tried it. The flights tried it. Um... Everything tried it. Like I said, the holiday break was insane. I will give you guys more detail on that, but I still find the joy. I still find the happiness. So they thought they had me, but girl, she's still here. <laughs> All right, y'all, what an episode. Like I have recorded, I have edited i have pulled audio um (laughs) i am doggone proud of myself that i can literally sit here um in the corner with my headphones on and my mic and literally just look out people watch and record and talk i don't know if y'all know but everything that i do is not scripted like i might jot down some things i want to talk about but this is real this is off the heart and again it's authentic it's your girl um, but to wrap up this episode, guys, it is December 1st. It is grind time. If you've been following my episodes, I've told you guys that January is time for me to launch my business to get it out. So it is grind time. I have a book I am working on. I have plenty to launch. I have curriculum I have to wrap up. I was recently just accepted um, to the Black Student Athlete Summit at University of Texas, Austin, that I will be presenting at on Black Female Athletes. I'm super excited because I've been, you know, obviously learning and researching more. So I have more content, new key points that I'm going to talk about. And I'm just super excited to present there. Um, My birthday is next month. Your girl is getting older. Um, I connected with a local university in Miami um, 
said, I'm excited for opportunities to come with them within their athletic department. I will share more as it comes later down the line, but y'all pray for me. I'm just taking a lot of chances on myself and putting myself out there. I am advocating as a social worker, showing what I can do. And God is really opening doors for me only as a doctoral student. I haven't graduated and I'm getting opportunities. And it's just like, this is what it's for. And for the first time in my life, I was in a gym as a non-athlete in a, in a college gym, sitting courtside. And for many people like, oh, I've been courtside plenty of times. But the first time in my life to watch athletes play and to know what it's like to be in their shoes and to see um, administration watch you play um, was just an amazing feeling to know that I can really relate to them and I can really feed into them and I can really support them and that someone be- feels that I possibly have that for their institution. It's truly an amazing feeling. Um, there's a couple events in January that are coming up that I'll be attending. Um, you know, Super Bowl is in Miami. I'm not obviously going to the Super Bowl event. Um, and there's the Super Bowl game, one is so much money and, you know, we stand with Cap. Um, but it's very interesting because there's a networking event that um, I am going to. And so I've been having some conversations with myself, like, can I go to this networking event and still support Cap? And um, I believe I can, because in this situation, this money is not directly, um, is not put on by Super Bowl. This is a young woman that is doing her thing as she just happens from what it appears to be is wherever Super Bowl is happening, she takes place and goes there. So I feel like the opportunity is gonna be great and I'm super excited. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that I have going on, guys. Um, not really, as I think to myself, that was a lot that I have going on. It's not like I don't, but this month is grind time and wrapping up loose ends and getting prepared for the new year. Um, podcast is making some big moves. I had a great conversation, I think about two weeks ago about a new opportunity for my podcast to go on a bigger level and just make it bigger, bigger and bigger. So I'm super excited. So once I have more information on that, I will share with you guys whether it goes or doesn't go. But from the last conversation I had, I'm I'm pretty much at 90% sure that it's going to happen. So I'm super excited to bring that to you um, again. Take away from this message. Be authentic. Do you. Take a chance on yourself. You don't have to explain yourself or tell people everything. If God is giving you something, do it. Ask God if you're supposed to talk. Ask God who you're supposed to seek guidance from and where you should go and how you should do things. The power of prayer is truly significant over everything that you do, over phone calls, emails, and everything, because it truly has changed my life when I started my 30-day fast in October. Because here we are, December 1st, and life has truly, truly taken off. And even if opportunities that possibly I'm expecting to fall through don't, I believe that it's still a glimpse on what is to come because the new journey that I'm taking is still an infant, it's still young, and I know that it's possible and it's going to happen for sure. So you guys stay up. Happy December. Make it work. Be smart this this month. Don't stress yourself out. And if you can see, like I'm looking at right now, there's a lady in the airport in the middle of the floor, put her deodorant on. Um, put lotion on her face, honey. She said, listen, my job was just to get here and I'll get the rest done while I'm here. Let that be your motivation. Get there. The rest will fall into place. And until then, see you guys next week on another episode of Yup, She Said It. <laughs>